Welcome to All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast, where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. All Bodies on Bikes is a movement to create and foster a size-inclusive bike community. So join your hosts. I'm Maggie. And I'm Marley. As we explore the complexities of the biking world, help us break down barriers and create the world that we want to see. And don't forget that all bodies really means all bodies, not just larger bodies, but bodies of all sizes, ages, races, abilities, genders, sexualities, and beyond. Come along for the ride. Oh, hi. Good morning. We're coming to you live from Steamboat Springs, Colorado. We're sitting by the Yampa River right now. And um, I think this is how we should record podcasts all the time, Marley. Do you think that that is something that we could make happen? With enough money, we can make anything happen. Valid argument. Is that a weird way to start the show? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Help us make this a reality. Help us make this a reality. Actually, it is really cool. Um, so yeah, we're sitting here with a guest who we'll introduce in just a second. It is Saturday morning of Steamboat Gravel Weekend. Um, one of the cool things about these gravel events is they are an entire weekend long thing. So I know with a lot of sports, you show up, you run the marathon or you do the triathlon and that's it. Um, but with these gravel, especially the bigger gravel events, it is a full weekend of activities. Um, so our guest had a film premiere last night. Was it the premiere? Yep. It was the premiere. Super exciting. So you might recognize that voice. We'll introduce her in just a second, but yeah, film premieres. There was a hill climb. I just watched some toddlers race. There was shakeout rides. There was a panel, there's many panels, actually. So, yeah, it's a full weekend, and today is Saturday, and we get to ride bikes tomorrow. So, I'm going to actually have you introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, where you are where you call home, I guess, and uh, then we'll get into some questions. Cool. My name is Annika Wade, and I live in Monterey, California. I'm a para-athlete or adaptive cyclist. I mostly focus on off-road cycling, so... Gravel, mountain, basically, you know, anything on trails, in the outdoors, um, also bike path stuff too, but not really road. Um, yeah, I'm super excited to be here. This is my first steamboat. Yeah. <laughs> um, Annika Wade is a new adaptive mountain biker, para off-road cyclist, and athlete. Annika grew up in the town of Sonoma, California. In 2019, Annika found her passion for mountain biking and gravel cycling. By 2020, she raced in her first enduro mountain bike race, and by 2021, Annika was slated to race seven-plus mountain and gravel races in California, New Mexico, and Colorado, including SBT Gravel with Ride for Racial Justice. However, in July of 2021, Annika sustained a spinal cord injury in a horrible downhill mountain biking accident. In 2022, she was back to the sport and is learning how to live as a full-time wheelchair user. Outside of her love for riding bikes and being outdoors, Annika is also passionate about making the outdoors and mountain biking a safe space for all. I guess let's dive right in. So your first steamboat was supposed to be two years ago, but life had other plans. Um, but now you're back. So this is your first race back from your injury. And I went, when we had lunch together the other day, I asked you, what are your goals? And you were like, I'm racing. Like, I want to get on the podium. Um, so I guess... Yeah. How are you feeling? This is your first race back. Tell us all the things. Yeah, so it's it's going to be my first race back from my injury. So in 2021, I 
was selected to be a part of the Ride for Racial Justice class, the first class. Super exciting. You know, you get access to training, um, team, nutrition, all sorts of wonderful things. But then I had a mountain bike accident in July. So almost a month before I was supposed to race SBT gravel, um, that mountain bike accident resulted in a spinal cord injury. And then I basically spent the rest of the summer in the hospital just learning how to live as a full-time wheelchair user. So I completely missed out on SBT um, and I missed being able to like finally meet all of my Ride for Racial Justice teammates and and just all the excitement around this particular event. So yeah, at first I wasn't really sure if I was going to come and race it. And then I was at dinner with like Marcus and Alicia from Ride for Racial Justice one time in the fall and they were like, are you going to race, are you going to race a steamboat? And I was like, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it. And I was like, wait, yeah, okay, I'm going to do it. And so I kind of quickly made the decision that I was going to do it. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to have to like get another bike and I guess start training. And that was super exciting. It kind of like reinvigorated things. Like at that point I was like kind of getting bored with like PT and rehab and just all the things related to like having this injury. And I was like, all right, this will be like give me something to look forward to. So I was accepted into this year's Ride for Racial Justice class, uh, 2023. And then I decided I was like actually going to go for like the competitive aspect of it. Um, I wasn't sure if like that was like the greatest idea because I haven't, (laughs) I haven't raced anything since my accident and I'm like in a new bike and a new body. But for me, it's just like, I want to see like what I'm made of. I want to see what I can do, what I'm capable of. And then, you know, there's like also a little bit of me that's like, I've got something to prove. Like I want to show people like, Hey, I'm out here. Like I'm a, I'm an athlete and you know, I'm here in this competitive world. We just had a food truck pull up. Um, so I'm hoping our sound quality isn't too bad. Um, let's pause for a second. Okay. You just said something that was infinitely relatable of being bored with PT. Uh, so I had my knee surgery September of last year now, and I always complain about how much my knee hurts. And my doctor friend was like, well, are you doing your PT exercises? I'm like, no, no, I'm not. Um, so I can, I can relate to that. Um, can you tell us about your bike setup? Yeah. So I'm super duper excited. I've got a really sweet bike. Um, I ride a Bowhead RX It's an adaptive mountain bike, um, mostly used for gravel. It's got two wheels in the front, one wheel in the back. There's suspension on all three wheels. Um, But you kind of think of it as like a hard tail, right? Like it's not like full, full squish, even though it has suspension on all wheels. That just kind of like helps dampen, you know, some of the trail features. But it it really does ride like a hard tail um, or just like a very, very light suspension bike. Um, it's got full articulation in the front of the bike, so I can like lean. Um, so to like turn, I like lean into the turn, um, using the bike, which is really cool. And then it's got hand cranks. So I propel the bike forward by like moving my arms forward with these hand cranks and then it has e-assist. And so your arms are like one quarter of the strength of your legs. And so the bike basically gives you like four strength you know, up to four X of your arms. So it kind of just like brings you up to that like baseline level of like what you would be, you know, if you had your legs and then my legs are just kind of like in front of me. So I'm sitting upright in the bike, but 
It's a really sweet bike. I'm so excited. But it's also um, 96 pounds. So, yeah. So, that e-assist is, like, not only good to, like, bring you up to that level, but also, like, help kind of compensate for that weight. (laughs) We have a woman on our our, our team um, who flew out from Canada. She's also on a bowhead. I'm not sure which model, um, but same. Her bike was 95 pounds. And I was like, that is a, a machine. It's really cool to see. And... I don't know, just all the cool things that are possible with an adaptive bike. Um, is it so? I don't know how to phrase this because I don't know what my question is. I like that you pointed the microphone at me. Like I'm gonna know what your question is. The, oh, okay, great. All right, all right, cool. I want to know, like, coming back first race. What is what outside of just being out riding a bike? What are you most excited about for tomorrow? Ooh, that's a good thing. I don't know. Like, I I think I'm just excited to be in that excitement, right? And, like, I've never gotten to race gravel. So, SBT gravel is supposed to be one of my first or second races. I think I was actually going to do Foco Fondo first and then SBT. But I had, like, I had all these, like, aspirations of, like, going to gravel races and, like, being a part of the gravel community. And so, for me that's what I'm most excited about. Like the last two years I've just had like so much FOMO. Every time people go to these like gravel events, I'm like, Oh man, like all of my favorite people are there. Like all the people I look up to are there. Like the vibes, the just everything about the community. So I'm like, I'm, I think I'm most excited actually to like line up. Cause you always see like those shots where people are like kind of nervous, but like also looking really tough when they're like kits and then, you know, and then also like crossing the finish line and then like any, anything in between, like, oh, we'll just see, <laughs> we will just see. <laughs> I, I love that attitude. And, uh, what does success look like for you tomorrow? Yeah. So I don't really have like a time that I'm trying to beat. I don't have like, yeah, like anything performance related like that. So for me, it's all about like mental state. Like I just want to like stay positive, have fun. Like it's got to be fun, you know? And of course, like there's always going to be like that moment where you're like, wow, I really just like don't want to be here or like this is tough, but try to like limit those. Like, you know, overall it should be a fun experience, but I think for me, success is really just finishing and yeah and then also like wanting to do it again you know Mm -hmm. like I want to have a good experience so you mentioned this earlier you're on the ride for racial justice team um and 2021 was my first year at Steamboat as well we did not have an all bodies on bikes team the film had just come out um but I saw what ride for racial justice was doing and I was like damn that is cool um so tell us about your experience I know you've kind of been involved with the team for a couple years now um but what has that been like? Tell it. Yeah. Yeah. So when I joined in 2021, well, first of all, you know, I applied and I was like, there's absolutely no way they're going to pick me. Like, I'm just like some random person from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, and then that was actually the first year, too, that I got my first like bike sponsorship. So then I like got accepted to like ride for racial justice. I was on the Pearl Azumi, you know, bike team. And I was like, whoa, I was like things are like looking really good for me. And, you know, up until that point, like I hadn't really interacted with too many like BIPOC cyclists. Like, I mean, we had done some like online communication, but like I definitely had the desire to like connect with more people that like looked like me and had my experience. And so that was awesome because once I joined that team, like 
instantly started making friends like you know met Casey Cross uh, met Guarina like just met all these awesome people and we've like been able to stay in touch and so for me it's like yeah it's like it's about coming to Steamboat Gravel it's about racing it's about like training but it's more about the community right and I think Marcus and Neil and Alicia and Massimo have done a really good job of like fostering that community and making it so that you know everybody feels welcome um if you've like there's some people on our team that like have never even really like ridden a gravel bike and this is going to be their first experience and that to me is like that's exciting like we've created a welcoming space where people are like yeah I guess I'm just going to Colorado to (laughs) ride this ride and and do this thing you know um and then this year it's been interesting too because now I have like a second team so you know I like formed all these bonds with that first team couldn't go that was really sad. Um, and then this year, it's like I have a whole new team. So now I know like 50 BIPOC cyclists. I re- I was reflecting on that yesterday. I was like, damn. Like I was like, I know a lot of like a lot of people, and that that feels good too. Cause it's like now in any part of the world, I could probably like call somebody up and be like, hey, you want to go on a ride or like mm-hmm. let's do this. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. Mm. I got goosebumps like I got goosebumps like four times when you were talking just because the power of community is like mm, and you just it, it comes through um a bunch of the ride for racial justice folks came to the all bodies on bikes house last night for a barbecue and it's so cool you know different communities but coming together for the same purpose of feeling included I think that's all any of us really want in this world is to feel like we belong and I think it's so cool that steam oak gravel gives us entries, supports us, and then brands are stepping up um, because the stuff's expensive. It wouldn't be possible to bring out, I think you guys have a team of 30 on the Ride for Racial Justice? Yeah, there's 30 folks this year. So last year it was 25 and the first year was 25 and this year's 30. So huge team. (laughs) Huge team from all across the country. Are there any international folks? Um, Yeah, we have somebody that came from Kuwait as well. So yeah, like... (laughs) Yeah, so like all across country, but you have you have people that are international from Canada on your team. Too. We do, yeah. So we've got thirteen folks here um, that are on officially on the twenty twenty three team, and we've got seven or eight alumni, friends, chapter leaders. Um, one of the things that I really learned, especially from the Ride for Racial Justice team, was I can't do this alone. Uh, last year, I tried to bring the team out by myself, basically, and was very overwhelmed. You didn't try. That's just what you did. Yes, that's just what I did. <laughs> well. I have a really bad habit of um, putting the program out before I actually plan for it or do anything. Just, hey, we're doing this uh, before I figure out the logistics. So anyway, this year I have like seven helpers and it's been phenomenal um, cooking. And you guys have your team dinners. Yeah, we have um, team dinners. And so basically like for us, like we have like a skills clinic, which is awesome. So we did that yesterday morning and then we have a panel, a shakeout ride. And then today is kind of just like, Everybody just get your ducks in line, and then tomorrow is the big race. And then we're all going to wait at the finish line for the rest of our teammates because that's, like, super important. Yeah. We will be there with you. Maybe a dance party happening because we have a couple of folks doing the the long course. Um, So we'll be out there for a while, and that's okay. Um, Okay, so pre-race rituals because you come from a mountain bike racing background. Is that correct? Yeah. So I, I had just started to race bikes like a little bit before my accident uh mostly enduro 
Enduro. What is enduro for the listeners who are like, what are these words we're saying? <laughs> yeah, so enduro racing is you get timed on the downhill but not the uphill. It's a staged race. So you can have like one stage, two stage, three stage, six stages. As many stages, it can be a multi-day event. <laughs> it can be like side country, back country, on a mountain. All different formats, um, but the, the key distinguishing factor is you only get timed on the downhill. But there's like a lot of climbing, right? So my first enduro race was actually here in Steamboat Springs. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it was Revolution Enduro. Um, it was a two-day backcountry mountain bike race with like 30 miles and like 3,000 feet of climbing each day. Uh, yeah, it was my first race, and I was in over my head, and I cried a lot, and I have all these pictures of me, like, crying and just, like, trying to suck it up and, like, stuff my face with food, and, like, I described it as, like, I was crying in, like, some of the most beautiful parts of the world, you know? Yes. Um so that was crazy. So it's actually, it's really nice to be here and not be doing that. <laughs> not that a gravel race is easy, but in my mind, it feels like a lot more chill. Yeah. yeah. Having done this race twice now, um, I don't think I've ever had tears. Well, like anxiety, what about, not like tears of frustration. I've had tears of joy. I've had like adrenaline tears. Um, last year, somebody had a really bad crash right in front of us and we ended up Alicia and I from Ride for Racial Justice ended up providing first aid until the medics got there and then they ended up life flighting him out it was really scary and just watching that in the adrenaline like that made me cry but hopefully not too many tears tomorrow um the, the thing about these climbs is like they're long but they're doable they're beautiful um but that was the whole the whole point of my question was do you have any pre-race rituals like what are you going to eat tonight and that's questions for you too Maggie because you're are you racing tomorrow okay well then I'll answer it but Annika first. Yes. Okay. So for pre-race rituals, really the main thing is just like getting everything in line, right? Like I really don't want to be like last minute, like oh no, where's this? Where's that? Like, so I will pack my bags. I will, you know, fill up my water bottles, put them in the fridge, all that kind of stuff. Great tip. Yeah. yeah, I did that the other day, and I was like, look at me. Like, <laughs> I was like, all right, leveled up here. Yeah, so that's basically what I'm going to do. And then tonight, I'm thinking, like, fettuccine Alfredo or just something, like, really, like, nice, like, great pasta dish, chill, go to bed, get everything ready for tomorrow. Because I think, like, like I, I'm, like, calm right now, but, like, I don't know if I will be calm tomorrow. Mm. So... Yeah, but I think, yeah, pre-race rituals, just, like, get everything together. You know, all your, like, mechanical stuff, like, tools, like, no last-minute adjustments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is really, really good advice. Um, and I'm going to take that. Um, yeah, I remember my first year I was running around like a mad woman with, like, stuff everywhere. And then I've learned to, like, lay things out. Um, what will you be eating on the bike tomorrow? And how does eating with a hand cycle work? Eating with a hand cycle is not easy um, because it's like a hand crank, right? So it's like, and kind of the position of the cranks matters. And so like I have most stability when they're like closer to my body. Um, so I haven't really had a lot of success eating on the bike. Um, I do have like a hydration pack 
with like a hose and I can use that or, you know, like a, I don't know, what do you call those things? Yeah, hydration pack yeah. with a reservoir. a reservoir. Thank you. Yeah, I was like, what do you call them? Yeah, with a reservoir. Um, so I'll be able to use that and it's got like the magnetic, you know, thing. So, um, but I'll probably have to stop. I, I like to eat every 30 minutes, I think. Um, and I, uh, I'm sponsored by Untapped Maple. So I will have waffles um lemon and the regular because lemon just like makes my day and makes me really happy so I'm going to be like eating a lot of those yeah. I usually save those for like the halfway point of a ride but no no this all, like tomorrow is an all lemon day um and then coffee gels like so it's maple syrup and coffee because that little boost of caffeine just like it's like it's like when the Popeye eats spinach you know like <laughs> yes. that's what happens to me I'm like woo yeah. so I'll be doing that um but yeah I think I'll probably like unwrap some of my packages and then I do have some pockets in these bibs for our kit and so I'm thinking like I might be able to just like stack a few in there and try to emulate some of that like eating on a bike yeah. because once again like I'm like trying not to stop I don't know why but that's just that's what I'm doing. I'm trying not to stop as much while I'm riding. So I've heard, well, who knows what this year's course will bring. Um, last year and the year before there was a Mount Butter station and you work with Chamois Butter, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, do you, do you know if Mount Butter will be there again this year? I think it will be. And unfortunately due to like how I'm like riding my ride. And once again, this could be like a very bad idea I'm just trying not to stop at the aid stations I'm also a really social person and like <laughs> I don't know if I will ever leave an aid station if I go to one so it's really important for me to just like stay focused yeah. put the blinders on if I'm gonna stop it's not gonna be at an aid station but I will happily you know go to a record or a recreation of mount butter at the end of the race because yeah. that i mean that is like the aid station it's like everybody's like oh my gosh it's so awesome so yeah and it's after that huge climb so Oof. but then you have a huge downhill um so i wish you luck because i'm also a very social person and whenever i set a goal to not stop at aid stations it doesn't happen so sending you good luck maybe put a sign up that says like don't bug me i'm busy working Although that wouldn't help. Uh, I'm going to pass it back to Maggie. Um, I don't know if I have any more questions. I'm so excited for you. Um, and I want to do like a full length episode. Um, but I'm going to pass it to Maggie. And I might know something. I'm just going to leapfrog at the aid stations tomorrow and like people block for both of you. <laughs> yeah. I should be like, oh my God, is that Marley? I'm going to be like, no, and just shove it's people Marley. over. It's going to be great. That's not Marley. <laughs> I'm Marley. Chase me the opposite direction. Um, let's see. Do I, do I know anything else? Or need to know anything else? No, I don't yeah. think so. Okay. Well, we have to ask our two last oh, we do have to ask our two last questions. So, what is your perfect day on a bicycle? What does that look like? Oh, yeah. So, perfect day on a bicycle is kind of going out a little bit early. Um, and then, you know, making sure I have, like, all of my, like, coffee and food needs met before getting out on the bike. And then just, like, exploring, right? Like... I like to be able to like go on longer rides and have the time to like putz around and not be like going towards any goal. Um, recently I've started incorporating like coffee stops. We've got a really awesome um, coffee cart in Monterey, uh, mm. Nitro Cycle. 
And so, like, that is, like, a perfect Saturday or Sunday ride. You go and you get, like, this awesome nitro coffee, like, cookies and cream flavor. Um, and then we started incorporating, like, food, too. So there's, like, this place we can stop and get pizza. And so, yeah, I guess it's, like, a food ride, really. It's, like, riding and eating and seeing cool stuff. Yeah. And then, actually, a more perfect day is if my dog Pondo is there as well. So, yeah. Uh, I have a black lab, and then Clayton has a blue healer cattle dog mix named Thatcher. <laughs> and actually, before I get to the last question, um, Clayton is actually sitting right here next to us. Um, Clayton is doing his first gravel ride this weekend. Um, he's looking at me with big, wide eyes. <laughs> but you, you come from a mountain biking background, so just real briefly, um, what are you what are your thoughts right now? How are you feeling? What are you thinking? And how do you know Annika? Oh, yeah. So I'm Annika's <laughs> partner. Um, I'm, I'm a mountain biker. I've been biking since I was like 12 or 13. Went straight into like dirt jumping. Fell in love with slope style and downhill, like all the gravity things. And um, now I'm kind of like doing enduro riding. And this is like yesterday was like my first gravel ride so nice. <laughs> just got a bike like a week or two ago and this is the first time riding it so it was really cool to experience gravel uh it feels like a lot like mountain biking you know with the rough terrain and everything so uh i'm i'm excited for uh tomorrow the race and um i'm gonna be supporting annika on the 37 mile race so i'm really excited to um get to ride with her and see her uh race this uh awesome race uh i've never seen anything quite like it because it's just a so many people and everyone's so supportive uh it's really cool to be a part of rightful racial justice and uh get to meet everyone at all, all bodies on bikes so it's everyone's super supportive so i'm definitely excited about that i heard you had an interesting experience with your kit putting on your clothes for the first time uh annika was telling me about it um are you, are you feeling more comfortable in it now, or are you still kind of like, ooh, what am I wearing? I think it feels weird. Like, it's so tight. Like, I'm used to wearing, like, really baggy clothes and, like, yeah. very loose-fitting things. Uh, it, it feels good once you're, like, on the bike and riding. But other than that, I feel really weird just walking around in, like, clicky shoes, you know, like, stiff, you know, clip shoes and then very tight bibs and like a very tight shirt that's like compressing my body but as you ride it, it feels good I guess <laughs> sorry we just have to laugh about it because we everybody goes through it everybody's like what am I wearing am I really gonna go out in public and then at some point you just lose your shame so um excited for you to get to that point I hope you have an I hope you have a great ride tomorrow I hope you both have a great ride tomorrow um I hope that it you meet all your goals and you have fun and all the support. So our very last question is besides bikes, what do you wish people asked you about more that you got to talk about more? Um, probably cooking. I would say work, but like, I, I don't usually talk about that much, that much, but cooking. Okay. Wait, what do you do for work? Oh, um, I work for a radar satellite company. <laughs> okay. So yeah, we have satellites in the air and, or in space and we take pictures of the Earth, so. Annika's a literal, literal rocket scientist. Well, 
I work with customers. I don't know too much about rocket science, but yeah, I guess I'm in too like much. I don't, yeah <laughs> too much about rocket. Science. I don't know too much. No, but I yeah I'm in like I guess I'm in the space world and and geospatial. But yeah, cooking. I love to cook. Um, if I could just cook all the time, that's what I would do. But I haven't found a way to like make that be my thing. So yeah. Well, do you have cool. a favorite dish to cook? Um, this summer, it's all been about, like, fresh pasta and, like, some type of lemon sauce. So, like, brown butter lemon stuff or, like, a ricotta lemon one is really popular. But and it's also all about the fresh pasta. And I usually do that about, like, once a week because it doesn't take a lot of time. And it's just so good. And you're like, wow, I'm, I'm basically a chef. So, Yeah. <laughs> And when you say fresh pasta, you mean like literally like the dough and the egg and like making the noodles yourself? Um, no. So I, well, I could do that. And that's like, that's the next phase. But I just buy pasta that's like freshly made. And so it's not dried. And so it only takes like two to three minutes to cook. So that's the key, right? Because it's like, it doesn't take a long time. You're like, wow, dinner is like 15 minutes. And like, this is gourmet. So, yeah. Okay, now I'm hungry. Uh, <laughs> Annika, thank you so much. Clayton, thanks for the, the surprise oh, appearance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did not tell Clayton that he was going to be on. Um, but hopefully we'll have some more short-form interviews like this. Um, and then we'll bring Annika on later for a full length and talk about all the things. So thank you so much. This has been another episode of All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast. Huzzah. Uh, I messaged Marley, but she's doing more things, so... She yeah. said to say hello. Cool. So hello. Tell her I said hey. I shall. <laughs> um, okay. What's today? It's Friday. Yeah. SBT was like almost a week ago. That's crazy. That's insanity. Um, last Sunday, we talked to you before the race. It's after the race now. How do you feel? How was your day? All of the information. Yeah. Oh, my God. I... I also can't believe it's been a week. It, it feels like a little bit of a whirlwind. Uh, it took us about two days to drive home. So, you know, we got home on like Tuesday, which was, which was great. We had a good drive home, but the race was awesome. Um, I did a lot better than I expected. I had Fantastic. a lot more fun than I thought I was going to, right. um, feeling like really energized and like, there's a fire lit within in me. So oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's exciting. So like, for instance, like I, I trained in zone two heart rate, you know? So like, yeah. Uh, when I was doing my math on like how long it would take me to complete the 37 mile race, I kind of foolishly was like calculating everything based on like my miles per hour for zone two. Okay. Um, so I was like, damn, I was like, I'm going to be out there for like quite some time. I had all of this nutrition, so many waffles, so, you know, many maple mm -hmm. syrup packets and, uh, yeah. And I, obviously I don't race in zone two. So <laughs> the first 20 miles, I was like, wait, we're how far we're 20 miles in. I was like, wow, we're going fast. It took me about like two days later to like figure out what happened. And I was like, oh, like I wasn't racing in zone two. Like I completely did the math incorrectly. But for me, a lot of it was just like trying to figure out like what I'm capable of. And yeah, I've never like ridden like full gas just because I've been kind of training. Like I do intervals, but that's like 
short explosive bursts. So it's yeah, hard sure. to understand like what that sustained effort looks like. So right. yeah, it was exciting. Awesome. What was a, what was a standout moment of the day? Oh, uh, there's a few of them. I think the cow Creek section. Sure. Um, and so for those that don't know, cow Creek is, it's kind of towards the end of the course. It's after this like long climb called Mount Butter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a, you know, kind of a rockier, well, kind of more than a rockier section. Uh, I wouldn't say it's gravel. It's like baby heads. Mm-hmm. Um, so larger, well, not large boulders, but kind of like medium sized boulders for, for those that aren't familiar with that term. And, uh, my bike has like, wider tires on it so it's right. got like a 27.5 like mountain bike tire in the back so when that section came up I just flew by everybody <laughs> I think I passed probably about 20 people and it was really exciting and I was just like on your left like on your left and then we've got Clayton like holding on for dear life on his like gravel bar yeah or you know gravel drop bars and then we've got um uh, Ben Duke who's filming me like filming you know, during uh, running through Cow Creek, like one hand on drop bars, one hand on video equipment. <laughs> it was it was such a sight to see. Like that moment now lives rent free in my head, and I just like keep playing it. And I'm like, that was one of the most exhilarating moments of my life. That's amazing. People who can <laughs> yeah. like film and photograph while they're riding on like chunkier stuff blow my absolute mind. Yeah, absolutely. It was a sight to see. I was like, okay, so I'm passing all these people, but Ben's capturing all of this. Yeah. I was like, that's just remarkable. So that's, I have trouble holding like one thought at a time, honestly, usually. And it's just like, (laughs) if, if you hit something and it goes sideways, like, do you go into slow motion? Do I save the bike? Do I save me? Do I save the camera? Yeah. I don't know. That would be the worst decision to have to make. Oh my gosh. What was, what was the toughest part of race day? Uh, let's see. The toughest part was probably trying to eat on the bike. Okay. Um, so, and I guess, so eating on the bike and then also like knowing how much to push it. Cause once again, like Mm. I haven't done like a sustained all out effort, like on my new bike since I got it. And so I was just kind of like, is this too much? Is this not enough? Like, should I go harder? Should I pull back? So there was a lot of that. And so I was like kind of talking with Clayton like out loud, just like while I was writing, I was like, I don't know, like I'm going to like push it a little bit, but then I got to like pull it back and conserve energy. But the eating on the bike thing, like I said, I had all of these waffles, like all this wonderful, like untapped waffles and like syrups. And I just like couldn't get to any of it because I didn't stop at aid stations. So I stopped for like less than two minutes throughout the ride oh sure okay and- great <laughs> <laughs> so I was just trying to like and I hadn't practiced this which is something I'm gonna have to start practicing I hadn't practiced like pulling stuff out of you know out of my pockets and so at one point I managed to pull a bunch of waffles and stuff them in my jersey and like zip them up but then I was just like rolling around with like three waffles like floating in my jersey for like 10 miles so sure. it was like there's just a little bit of like a learning curve there. And um, I, I have like, I've kind of like rigged it up in my mind of like, what's going to work moving forward. But those okay. are the two big challenges. Yeah. Fantastic. So overall, good experience. 
overall 10 out of 10 spectacular yeah. or like higher than 10 yeah okay. higher than 10. yeah <laughs> it's a 10 on a scale of one to two exactly uh, yeah. yeah you got it um and then my my one other question i would say is if somebody has listened to this podcast and is like oh i want to go do a gravel event but they've got that last little bit of nervousness what would you say to them i would say just go ahead and do it you know i think there are so many people on the course and it like you can look at it as a race, which is what I did, but you can also look at it as a, just a great way to see a beautiful part of the world with a bunch of people, right? Mm-hmm. So it's such a safe way to be able to experience some of these longer rides, especially like maybe you haven't done a ride of that length, but you feel like you could probably do it. Get a bunch of friends together, go for the gravel race. There's probably going to be some amount of food and you know, sparkling water or beverages afterwards that you can enjoy. So it's like all around a win-win. And then, yeah, if you get the opportunity to um, meet some of the people before race day, so if there's like an expo or a ride or something that can like kind of help ease your nerves, because then when you show up to line up for the race, you have a couple people, you know, in your court and a couple people you can say hi to. Yeah. And let's, I thought of another thing. Uh, So you were with the Ride for Racial Justice team. How did the team do? The team did fantastic. Right. So yeah, everyone crossed the finish line. Everyone had a great time. Of course, you know, it's hard. Like some folks were doing the black course. The black course is like, it's like, I think it's 144 miles. It's a lot of miles. Mm -hmm. It's, it's no easy feat. 37 miles is no easy feat, right? Yeah, all, yeah. all of the courses are challenging. It's hot out there. You're, you know, working with, uh, riding with a lot of people, their mechanicals or nutrition, all sorts of things come up. And so the team did really, really, really great job. And, you know, kind of like the, the all bodies on the bikes team, we make a point of sticking around until the last team member crosses the finish line. Yep. And so, you know, at that point you're like, well, I've been sitting in the sun for like eight hours, but it's worth it. Right. Like, yeah, that's why you're there. You're there to be a part of this team. You're there to build this long lasting community. And, and that to me is the most exciting part was, you know, when that last, you know, rider crossed that finish line, not like it was like, it's time to go home, but it's like, wow, we did it as a team. Like we came together from all parts of the country to ride this together We've been, you know, chatting with each other for months, getting to know each other finally. So it it felt like a really momentous moment. Fantastic. All right. Uh, That's, that's basically the SBT debrief, I think, you know, (laughs) just making sure everything went the way everybody wanted it to go. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It was, oh gosh, I'm like, take me back. I'm, I'm already like playing in my mind, like all the different fun pieces and, you know, and then also from a race perspective, like where I can shave off more time or, or what I could do differently. So, yeah. 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 And let's see, did you have a film debut at SBT? Yeah, I did. So, uh, on Friday night, um, during the weekend or, you know, during the SBT kind of weekend, there was a new, a new addition to the schedule called film fest. Yeah. And so uh, Meg Fisher and Gretchen's movie was premiered called Able. Yes. And then my movie was uh, premiered called Treadsetters. Um, and okay. Treadsetters 
follows four para-athletes as we attempt to ride the White Rim Trail um, in Moab, Utah in 24 hours. Oh, so, sure. Yeah. Just, just, you <laughs> Which know. is like, a, it's a hundred mile route. So, yeah, yeah, you just know, four hours. Yeah, it's, it's everything's fine, you know, just a big adventure. Um, but it was so exciting to be able to have that project out in the world to be able to show people kind of, you know, what our experience was like. And then, of course, like be able to catch up with like a lot of the cast and crew, too, yeah. because we all live in different parts of the country. So it's always fun. And when we can get together and swap stories around what we're up to and see how we can support each other. Yeah. And then we're we're I keep saying we're in different situations like I'm doing anything to be a part of it <laughs> there. You're working on a new film. Yeah, totally. So right? this is yeah, this is where it gets kind of funny. It's because, you know, I did have that film premiere. Um, oh, by the way, I did want to mention that, you know, that film was possible by the National Ability Center and Outride. So those are two awesome organizations that people should, you know, look up and, and find mm-hmm. ways to support. But um, yeah, I was also in the official SBT documentary. So okay. that will will be coming out, you know, uh, pretty soon, which I'm really excited about. But yeah, so we started filming that probably like three or four months ago and okay. kind of caught the lead up to, to the big event and then and then you know, the few days leading up to the event. And then of course the big event too. So my, my whole race pretty much was also filmed as well. So not only did I have like traditional nerves of like racing, but then it's also like, Oh, everyone's going to see this race. (laughs) Yep. And I'm like being filmed too. So (laughs) no pressure, none, no pressure at all. No, it was, it was a great time. And I think like you know, uh, I won't speak for like the rest of the individuals involved and I don't want to spoil anything. So I'm trying to like be careful what to say, but, but I think people will really enjoy watching it. I think, you know, there, there are three athletes depicted in it all with very, very different backgrounds, very different life stories, but there's a common thread right between all of us. And, and it's also exciting that so many people from different backgrounds come up and show up at, at SBT gravel. And so I hope that, that this project showcases that, right? Like we all have our own separate journeys to getting there and they're all super cool stories and it's all really exciting. And in so many ways, like, you know, I was like rolling around the expo and I was like, man, I wonder what that person's story is. Or like, I wonder what that person's story is because it took so much for, for all of us to be there and, and to be able to experience it. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. How was your experience? My experience was good. I I wasn't riding this year. So yeah. um, I sat in a tent for eight hours in the sun uh, and then just screamed like an obnoxious idiot every time somebody wearing an all bodies <laughs> on bikes jersey came anywhere near the tent. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And, what's know. it what's it like from like the support aspect side of like being in the tent and like supporting the team? It's well, one of the the coolest things this year, I will say, is that like having people who had just finished the ride come by the tent and particularly grab a sticker because somebody from the All Bodies team saw them on the course and did something to encourage them while they were riding. Wow. 
Uh, and it's just like, okay, so we're all, we're all here and we're all doing the thing that we're supposed to be doing. And that's just making sure that everybody feels comfortable and safe and happy when they're out riding. Cause that's the way you should feel. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's incredible. And I yeah. think, yeah, to me, I have to say like being able to see, you know, your team and my team just represented throughout the weekend and on race day was just incredible. It felt like it was a safe space. And, um, this is the first race that I've gone to that I've actually felt like welcome. And like, I'm supposed to be there like really and truly, um, I, I went to other races and you're like, I'm not really sure what I'm doing here. If anybody's going to say hi to me, but this was the first time where I was like, all right, you know, I can just look for somebody with, you know, an all bodies on bikes yep. jersey or or ride for racial justice jersey. And then if if I'm like, you know, having imposter syndrome or feeling a little bit insecure, I'll just, you know, find one of these teammates and give them a high five and find find something to talk about. So Heck yeah. Yep. Yeah. That is I the people that put on Steamboat Gravel. Uh, I think they do a great job of doing what they set out to do, but also they're open to seeing any gaps that they have and working to fix them pretty much immediately to the yeah. best of their ability. Absolutely. I would yeah. say that the staff is incredible, right? And yeah. they've really I saw somebody post, you know, like I can't remember what they said, something like hats off to Amy Charity for really like leaning into, to, you know, diversity and, and inclusion. And that's absolutely correct. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, you could really feel that this gathering of people was different, right? Like yep. there was, there was a lot of thoughtfulness that went into that and, and everybody was super responsive when, when things are, are, you know, going all different directions. And then, and then also being able to see the staff too so frequently. Yeah. I remember at one point Clayton was like, how are they just everywhere at all times? Like we saw, you know, Amy Charity showing up at like all of the big events for all of the different, you know, uh, groups and, and, and partners. It was just, it was incredible because you don't see that in a lot of places or yeah. you, you don't see the staff usually that visible. So yeah, absolutely. It's a great, it's always a good sign. I think when you walk away from something going, I want to do that. <laughs> and I very much found myself on the flight home going, I could probably host a gravel race. Right. It's like North Carolina. <laughs> we need to throw a gravel race. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've had a lot of those same thoughts, but then I'm just like, you know, I know that like Amy, Ryan and Greer, they work so hard and they make it look so easy too, because if, even if, you know, you just realize like one little thing that they're doing and just like the, the amount of care that goes into it, I'm like, ah, I'm going to leave it up to them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. so it's, it's both. It's both. It's like, that was amazing. And because it was amazing, I want to do it. I don't. Mm. Right. <laughs> you guys, you, just, you guys just keep crushing it and I'll yes. just show up. All right. Well, that was, that was steamboat. We had a great that was time steamboat. in the yeah, mountains. That was awesome. <laughs> Super awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. 
This is an All Bodies on Bikes podcast powered by Feisty Media. The show is produced by Maggie and Marley and edited by the team at Feisty Media. Thanks for listening. Thank you.